Hey, Drinkcast listeners, before we get to the show, we wanted to tell you real quick about an event we have coming up in a couple weeks. We will be doing a live show at Empirical Brewery on Foster on Sunday, November 13th at 11 a.m. And we really hope you can make it out. Join us, drink some beer, etc. That's Empirical Brewery. Exploring the science of beer. Visit them at www.empiricalbrewery.com. Oh, shit. I, di- I didn't even really drink anything. Why did I make the ah, sound? <laughs> no All right. I think I'm Pavlovian uh, response to, <laughs> to opening beer. Ah. You've yeah. seen so many beer commercials. I, I just, it's Schmitz gay. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so we have some important questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so Janine, what did you think of the wedding? That's a big question. Okay, so yeah. what was your favorite part of the wedding? Uh, pearl sex. <laughs> <laughs> um, Janine, at which point were you the most uncomfortable watching that episode of television with us? Uh, all of it, because uh, I'm apparently your fucking mom and you're watching porn with me. <laughs> you're not our mom. It's just Julie loves a joke. I do love a joke. I like that bits. Um... Uh, what skill went to ten? Likelihood that you're gonna rewatch that episode in the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Podlander Drunkcast, an Outlander podcast. Julie has another point to make, so we're gonna back up. Likelihood one to ten, you're gonna watch that episode again tonight. <laughs> oh! <laughs> awesome. I love my people. Welcome to Podlander Drunkcast. Can we cut? Can we cut all of that shit so that we don't do the like fake out? Too late. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Podlander Drunkcast and Outlander Podcast. I am Allison Shoemaker, and I'm Julie Starbird, and this is Janine. Hi. Uh, AKA Aaron Pagel. Um, this is in our season one rewatch, episode seven, the wedding. Uh, you, the people. <laughs> voted on the internet and got to choose which episode you would like Janine to watch this season. I would like to say that you all chose really well because it is now extremely likely that he's just going to go back to the beginning and watch the whole fucking thing. We don't know that. I'd say, if I had to guess. We're not in his brain. Here's what, here's what watching the episode with Aaron was like. Sorry, Janine. We'd be sitting there and, I, and Julie and I are taking notes. And it was great. And uh, we're watching and, you know, it's like distracting <laughs> and we're squirming. <laughs> and um, and then he would go, uh, chills, note it. <laughs> and then two minutes would pass. He would go, <gasps> chills, chills, note it. And then and then like 30 seconds would pass. He'd go, chills, chills. My God. Oh, my God. Chills, <laughs> chills, chills. It was a little bit like a cascading orgasm. Because it was like, <laughs> like, like yeah. Claire minutes. knows a thing or two about those. 30 yeah. seconds, five seconds, 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. On top of itself. It yes. Intense. Yeah. Yeah. So now it's like, and now, and well, now imagine Janine, and this, you know, we're having a lot of guests this season. And we're really excited about that. We've got you've at this point, you've all met Amelia, um, and we've got some great people coming up, including some repeat visitors, which I think will be really fun. But for this episode, it's just family, as RuPaul says, whenever <laughs> they don't have a guest judge on. All right, hunty. All right, and. uh and in, in that case, it just sort of makes Janine slash Aaron our guest because he watched and we sort of centered this whole recording. We just watched it. 
we literally took, like 20 minutes ago. We took the time afterward to watch one extra sex scene in the season, which we're going to talk about in the spoiler section, which no one has suggested a spoiler name. Except I like for, Jay Sweet spoiler. Yeah, except for Nicole Gladwin. Uh, Nicole, what's of up? Of Twitter, who we both also know in our personal life. Yeah. Nicole, um, thanks for listening. Who went, who went to bat for, for Janine's suggestion of Je suis spoiler. I like Je so, suis spoiler. So, I do like it. Uh, we're going to do that. So in the Je suis spoiler section, we're going to talk about the <laughs> other sex scene we watched and some other great sex scenes on the show. But that's not all this episode is about. There's a lot more going on beside the sex, right? No. no. <laughs> You're both really wrong. It's like... Are you talking about physical sex? Because you're right. But as far as like emotional, psychological, like intimacy, there is so much. Sure, but but you know there is a difference between love and sex, and that's both of these. And there's also a lot of weird clan politics, and you have to like protect her from Blackjack Randall, and then like everybody going to deal with all the dress. But I love that. That honestly feels to me a little bit more as a person who is unmarried but has been a part of lots of weddings. It feels like foreplay. It feels really well, of course, because every episode leading up to episode seven is fucking foreplay. Mm -hmm. That's what you realize when you watch this episode that you've been just waiting for them to fucking do it until episode seven then you get to episode seven and it's like mm, we're gonna tease you a little I recognize, bit oh, so you've all you're all on the train who's getting off at bone town <laughs> everyone everyone <laughs> all right non-refundable the, ticket they'll give you they'll give you what you think you want which is them doing it immediately but then they remind you this isn't what you really wanted right what you really want, which doesn't mean that that isn't engaging, right? It feels very honest. It, it is in- incredibly engaging, but then it's this long, extended, true foreplay thing that's happening where they are talking about their families and their feelings, and really, it does just prove that <laughs> Jamie is um, not bad at too many things. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Aaron's mad, you guys. Janine would like to add to the list that Jamie is really bad at making sure that other dudes don't look bad. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? That's true of Sam Huon, too. We have had in the past, if you are listening to season one and have not yet gotten to season two, there are moments in season two. And for the record, I think that Sam Huon is a very capable actor. He does great things on the show. He's an Excellent, like top tier, world class romantic lead. Yes, he's like right up there with like fucking Cary Grant at the top of his game. Ooh, oh no, he really is. I can't. I don't know if I can go. Oh that come on, far. completely different genres. But think about the effect that that like peak era Cary Grant has on you, and that this episode has on you. Are they that different? Well, I, here's what I'll say. I'm not talking about. Hitchcock, Cary Grant. No, I, I got you because I'm thinking of a very specific example that I'll get to in a second. Oh, you're thinking of the Philadelphia story. No. Oh, um, Sam Hewen was uh, and is incredibly perfect for this part. Totally. He looks the game. He can speak Gaelic. He is working as hard as he can and he is keeping up with the Joneses like he's doing fine. And really... He doesn't need to be Tobias Menes. He doesn't. That's ha- true. Well, he's right. not a character actor, right? He doesn't no. need to have. He he obviously has depth, and there are things that we see in this well, episode. Well, when we get to Wentworth, we'll right. see all that shit. Right. Right. Oh, he obviously with the little tiny moments. Yeah. He obviously can do it, and it's great. But it's it's a little bit different. It's a little bit more about creating a, a, an idea or a look. 
and he's very good at it, and he's not a bad actor. He's not. He's fine. But Cary Grant had a thing that a lot of people forget about, which is he had a long period of time where when he was a teenager, he worked in vaudeville. And then when he got into movies, he did a lot of screwball comedies with like a lot of physical comedy and timed comedy and stuff that once he became a heartthrob, that kind of all went away. But if you go back and watch something like Bringing Up Baby, which is a ridiculous movie. That movie, I watched it my it's oh, ridiculous. It's so him and Catherine Hepburn and a leopard. <laughs> Literally. Oh, I've seen it. And it's, right. It's like a French, it's like a French forest. Right. right. And, and yeah. he, he can do like, he has a little bit of like, he's a cross between Dick Van Dyke and Cary Grant for lack oh, of a better no, term. I don't disagree, but I think like there's Cary Grant, there's Hitchcock Cary Grant, mm-hmm. there's like slapstick Cary Grant, mm-hmm. and then there's, I'm in a romantic comedy Cary Grant. Mm-hmm. Um, and like other examples would be like um, Hugh Grant before he turned forty-five. Hugh Grant before all sorts of things. No, I don't agree. No, I think Hugh Grant until all of a sudden he aged at like post say Love Actually. It mm-hmm. takes a really long time for most men to age out of romantic lead. It um, does take a Hugh, long because time because Hugh Grant's whole it? thing was like, yeah, fuck the entire fucking world. Let's burn it down. <laughs> yeah, but, just burn it down. Although, you know what? If Sam Hewen's still making romantic shit when he's 60, I will watch the holy well, fuck out of it. Well, he's going to... He... And my, my thing is that he is, he is a modern romantic mm-hmm. Which is interesting because he's a modern romantic lead in a very traditional story that happens right. to feel non-traditional because it's written for the female gaze, which is the everyone gaze, by the way. Well, but I would, I would, I would, I would counter to say that is actually... That is actually very where in the idea of like it is it is specific to an audience whereas oh i don't think it's specific to an audience i think it's marketed to an audience but after watching this episode janine can you tell me honestly that if everything approached sex scenes the way that outlander approached sex scenes that those sex scenes would not be better Right? Yeah. Because they allow room for anticipation and for build-up. Definite build-up. And for, like, awkwardness and embarrassment. And then, like, but, it just, it's, But to be yeah. fair, that's not a Sam Hewen That's a... Ronald Moore thing or a Diana Gabaldon thing. Well, it's a Diana Gabaldon thing, yeah, yeah. thing. Among, mm-hmm. among others. Yeah, certainly Ronald Moore. And the... Oh, can you IMDBS do your IMDB magic? Yeah. I think one is... And something, I should have written it down. So one of my favorite things about this episode, and I want to continue to talk about this romantic lead thing, but one of my favorite things about this episode is that they made a point, and I read an interview somewhere where they talked about this, where they made a point of making sure that the writer and director on this episode, were were lead writer and director, were both women. And you wanted the director? Yeah, both. Uh, Anna, oh, Anna Perez? It's F O E R. Oh, and I'll And then the writer is. Fuck you, IMDb, for making it extra. And and Kenny. Well, thank you, ladies, because you really did a great job of like teasing, pulling back, teasing, getting there, pulling back. Which, by the way, if you've never seen. I think it's omgyes.com. Whatever. There, no, Aaron, don't look it up. I'll screw up your <laughs> history. So, <laughs> so uh, there are all kinds of studies out there, and that site has, I, I, which I heard about from Emma Watson. 
of all people. Yeah. Um, Homani. Um, talking about like the the different ways of approaching the female orgasm and like the the largest and most prominent female orgasms frequently come from like tease 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 back away tease 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 back away tease 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 back away right so like th- this show literally this episode literally. does that and then if you look at the season as a whole up to that po- this point it also does that like we get our first little hint of sexual tension with Claire and Jamie in episode 1 and then it's just like Dribs and drabs. So what you're saying is that Outlander, the television series. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Is like an incredibly good lover. Yes. All right. Oh, and who is also occasionally really disappointing. And also occasionally just has shitty hair. <laughs> and a bad And we'll get to that in season oh, two. Oh, that's okay. Nah, man. <laughs> Je suis spoiler. Je suis spoiler. <laughs> anyway, it, so my like in defense of Sam Hewan. No, I, I, there's oh, no I know. defense. He's Believe incredible. Me. Julie, every time I show you a picture of him, you say woof. <laughs> it's because he's incredible. But the thing is, it's like he was born at the right time to play this part. And it would be a shame for this person to not play this part, even though he's not, you know... Edward Norton or Tobias Maness Manessess. He does a great job and he has actually in this particular episode several moments that are very nuanced and oh, great. Yeah. The moment um my favorite and we'll we'll start because typically the way our episodes are structured, right? Is we go All right, this we we're going to take a brief moment. I haven't tried it yet. So so we can no. do this. All right. So we're drinking a number of things this episode. We're coming back to the nuance. Are you surprised? <laughs> So we watched together, and and we love Empirical Brewery, as you all know. So for the, for the first episode, the it was the Resonance, right? Resonance, and this oh, one is no, the Extent. No, I got it, right? Extent was the second one. The yeah. first one so was the first Resonance. One, Resonance, and it was, it's a rye honey cream ale. Which we'd it's had delicious. before yes. and was delicious. Yes. That's what we drank while we watched the episode with Aaron. Yes. Uh, then we opened well, up our... Well, and let's not forget that we were drinking uh, Chiquita Anyway. Oh, we we've still got that here too. Well, oh, yeah. on, we'll I, get there. I yes. Yeah. But finishing off the empirical first. So first, um, the resonance, then Second the extent, extent, which is an autumnal IPA, which, which I think is really tasty. It tastes great, but it's basically just your big garden variety IPA. Well, but it's, it's good. A, it's got it's some good. autumnal. It's, it's it's definitely more of a uh, their their normal like IPA is like uh, or uh, for this particular brand, like this is actually the answer. Oh, okay. And so this one is more the fall I did detect a little bit juniper y. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a it's just a really tasty IPA. Yeah. So those were our empiricals for today. We also I brought uh two big cans of uh if you are Spanish speakers, I need to warn you of some explicit language. No, no I don't. We're always no, fuck fucking you. explicit. No, <laughs> fuck it. Uh chinga tu pelo. Uh Five rabbits. Chinga to Palo. Chinga to Palo. Five rabbit. Which, if you don't know the story, just go. We won't do it now. Go look it up. But it's basically the "fuck you, Donald Trump" beer and Five Rabbit's story behind it is really great. And um, it's a Chicago point, brewery. I feel, in Pilsen. I feel duty bound to say that <laughs> I said duty. Um, duty. I feel duty bound to say that I got this at Roger Park Provisions, which is a store that I also work at part time. Um, which is the sister store of Rogers Park Social, one of my favorite bars in the world, which every Chinga Tupelo that you buy at Rogers Either. Park Social 
or Rogers Park provisions, I think, mm-hmm. um, a dollar goes to the ACLU of Illinois. And that's through election day. Is this going to fucking air before election day? Uh, can I make it sound as long as I'm trying to find out? Uh, uh, seven? Mm-hmm. This will actually air two weeks before election day. Oh, okay, sweet. Oh, but, we, but we're off a week now. So is it one week before election day? One week before election that's day. That's fine. Okay. That's fine. Anyway, regardless, um, if, you go, if you're in Chicago and you go to Rogers Park Social, which, like, honest to God, I know for people who don't live in Rogers Park, it can seem like a hike, but that bar is the fucking jam. Mm-hmm. The cocktails are great. They have a great beer list. Everyone there is wonderful. It's love, great. They have great musical, like, like jazz classical mixes. It's great. And I'm only there once a yeah, mm-hmm. it's a wonderful bar. But they have Ching Pillow on tap, and for every beer, every pint of that you buy, a dollar goes to the ACLU of Illinois so that Donald Trump can continue to exp- use his First Amendment right to say hateful shit. And mm-hmm. if that's not the most goddamn American thing I've ever heard. Truth. And, and to maybe add a little bit for uh, our, our business-minded listeners who might be thinking, oh, good just to recognize these cans are actually wrapped in a very temporary plastic that had been put on after they had made the beer. So mm-hmm. they renamed the beer, then went back and said, wait, we have these things for production. And they reskinned them to, say, to their new name. To say Chinga Tupelo, which so, bullies aren't leaders. Hashtag Chinga Tupelo, which are, means fuck your hair. I, it is yeah. one of those, it's one of those things you have to recognize that they took their they took profit and recognized the importance of the, the timing of this thing. That's a, mm-hmm. very, that's a big piece. I yeah. So it's a great thing for Five Rabbit, and it's a great thing that Rogers Park Social is doing. And anyway, but, but speaking of provisions, you also have back. this bomber. So I, I got a bomber that I also got at Provisions because I work there, so I constantly buy things because everything looks delicious. And this is the, it's called, ladies and gentlemen, Salty Scott. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is from Parallel 49 Brewing Company. It is a sea-salted caramel Scottish-style ale. And on the cover, there's a bearded Scotsman in a kilt showing off his fumes. Fuse. It Fuse. looks a little bit like Murtaugh if he... Oh, oh, now you give me... Murtaugh yeah. if he went pirate. Yeah, it looks yeah. a little bit like pirate, pirate Murtaugh. Murtaugh. Mm-hmm. Well, I, a, Scotch ale, a Scotch ale is not typically my thing, but this is quite delightful. It's good. Tastes oh, good. Yeah, except for you gave a thumbs down. Yeah, but that's because <laughs> my first sip was... Scotch ales are always very sweet to me. Mm-hmm. And I have a problem with that. But then after I got a couple of sips in, I realized there were things happening underneath okay. that are interesting. I haven't had a sip yet, so I'm going to do it. And then we'll all... Julie has already voiced her opinion, but hold on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's delightful. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so we've been saving this for literally weeks because I got... I was like, well, obviously we have to drink this and watch the show. And then... We realized the wedding was coming up, so like clearly we need to save the salty Scott because like sweat and I body mean, parts, salty. you know, like someone got a little bit of salt. Yeah, right. There was there was quite a bit of anyway, salt. Anyway, so back to rom- romantic leads. Is that what we were talking about? Yes. Yeah. Um, I think he does a great job. Though the little moments. So we're gonna go. We're gonna do the thing we usually do and go through the episode in order. But but maybe we can all say like because as good. As Katrina is in this episode, and I think she's really wonderful in this episode. And obviously, she has the higher hill to climb because she's dealing with the whole "I'm a bigamist and I'm a uh, an adulteress." I, I'm going to give her give a quick chance to actually say her name fully because she exposed herself so. Much. You know what? You know what, Janine? That's very Janine? nice. Janine, like, cheers. 
to you. In a world that at the moment is very hostile to women, I appreciate that. So let me give it a shot, and I will fuck it up. I'm sorry. But it's Catriona Balfe. Except for she's Irish. <laughs> so it's so Katrina, Katrina Balfrey. Okay. No R. Or Balf. 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 Katrina Balf. Okay. So let the joke commence. But just to say, she exposed herself and made herself... Oh, and she's so good. Slancha. 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 See, I don't even know that shit. I'm the fucking Irish one. Not only am I the Irish one at the table, I don't know if I've actually said this on the podcast yet, <laughs> but it took me like... Oh, God, I don't know, like a solid 10 episodes to remember that I'm a fucking Mackenzie. Have we talked about that yet? Yes. yes. Okay. Because I'm a fucking Mackenzie. And it didn't actually occur to me that I have that to trade on until like now. I ha- like I own shit in the Mackenzie Tartan. Like I'm a fucking Mackenzie. <laughs> my middle name is Mackenzie. And it's because it was my mother's maiden name. Mm-hmm. And like it's, I'm a fucking Mackenzie. Anyway. I'm goddamn Mackenzie. My legs are perfectly healthy, though. I'll have you know. (laughs) These thews are rocking. Also, I have never once asked to grind somebody's corn. (laughs) Um, Have you you asked a married woman to uh, experience her pleasures? I'd I'd prefer not to answer that. (laughs) (laughs) That one I keep to myself. (laughs) Um, So before we dive in, maybe like a favorite moment. for Because I think it's right. I think, Janine, you are totally right to recognize... The extraordinary tax on these actors to create this thing that I think is really beautiful and moving in addition to being hot as fuck. Truth. Um, you know, like, they, it's, I, so, um, like, brief, whatever, side diatribe thing, whatever. I promise not be distracted for long. Side note. Side note. <laughs> um, uh, Julie, have you ever done a sex scene? No, but I have done a nude scene. Okay. I have done a sex scene, but not a nude scene. What about you, Janine? I've done a sex scene. Yeah. Um, I imagine they're actually not dissimilar. And not, no. And, and I should say not, it wasn't a nude, but it was definitely a I I was uh, not fully exposed. There, it, I was nude, but I was facing away. But it was definitely a sexual thing that was being talked about while I was nude. I did. <laughs> Neil has been completely nude with another completely nude person in a very intimate scene where they slow danced. Oh boy! Yeah, mm-hmm. I did. Uh, Neil is an interesting man. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about the wedding on Dude Lander. <laughs> anyway, bring it back, Julie, mm-hmm. and then you're just gonna go home and get laid. No, I'll go home and he'll be asleep. <laughs> no, on Dude Lander. Whatever. Okay. Anyway, uh, so I did um, a sex scene that was in an operetta that Carol Churchill wrote called Hotel, which is really wonderful, but super duper weird. And it had only been performed once before. So she came. And by that, I mean, she saw the show. That is very accurate. Um, And... And it was, I mean, I was a student, so it was a student thing. I was at fucking this, I was at the British American Drama Academy, and we were in Oxford. It was a summer program, and I was working, the scene that I was doing was with this British dude, who I won't name, because he's a human person, and I don't want to, like, fucking out him for being a real dick, but he was a real dick, and he was dating this girl who's now also a very successful actress in New York, who got really mad 
somehow, because apparently, I don't know, she hadn't been in theater long enough. I have no idea why. Uh, she didn't want him to do the, the sex scene in his boxers. We were already basically simulating sex with clothes on, right? Like I was going to be in a nightgown in my underwear and he was going to be in boxers. And then we were both singing and I... I don't know if you know these, but I've been singing like for a really long time. In my life. Um, I like, I used to be a pretty accomplished singer. Now I mostly just do uh, Barbra Streisand at karaoke. Only Neil told me I'm not allowed to do Barbra Streisand anymore. Fuck him. Um, uh, so I'm singing these really, really high notes and the lyrics are like, so wet, 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 further and further. And it's fucking filthy. And we're doing the live performance and I walk out in my underwear and my tiny nightgown, getting ready to like climb up on this dude and his boxers and not Julie, don't mix. Those are not, that's not the same beer. <laughs> That would be disgusting. Thank you. Anyway, uh, and he walks out and he's in a, he's in a wife beater in sweatpants. So I had to climb on his sweatpants and pretend to orgasm while singing really high notes. No. And what I learned about that's that. Shittiest, that's the shittiest thing I've ever heard in about the a fellow actor. That's the worst. I know. And it, it was in the context of working with this really great British actor and director named Mark Wing Davey, who's done a lot of directing around the world now. And he went through this whole thing with us, like he when you're directing. Me when I was at Bada too. Did you got Mark him. Wing Davey? I loved him. I loved him. So he was much. also in that excellent Hitchhikers miniseries. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, he's just amazing. And he ta- we had a long he was conversation. My favorite teacher over there. Me too. About uh, and at the time I was mostly interested in directing. I promise I'm getting there, Janine. Um, <laughs> Uh, about how when you're doing a sex scene, you have to make sure that the people who are in it are actually the ones controlling it. Like you have to build it together. You have to make sure that it's everyone feels safe and everyone feels connected. And watching this episode, there was never a time when it seemed like anybody where I ever stopped to think about the actors. Yeah. Like I was always invested in the characters. It seemed organic and honest. And even when Claire was scared or worried or felt guilty or was trying to shut him out. It never felt like I was thinking about the actor at all. I know other than occasionally thinking, God, I really hope those two people find a time to bone for themselves. Could they just bone? Because like you think like <laughs> it would just have to be really hard. Cause it's so, I was about to say it would be really hard, but like, well, I mean, it is really hard. I, 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 I tend to think of, uh, cause I remember in the one sex you tend to think about where does your penis go? Yeah, you know, and like, and and, and to that point, it, there's tape and uh and uh it's string involved, oh. or like uh some sort of like uh dancer's belt. And to that point, uh, yeah, you went you went through a lot, and you know what? Katrina Balfrey was uh really working that shit like a boss too. Mm-hmm. So like. Yeah. So I know, Sam Hewen, that that had to be hard. No pun intended. That had to be difficult. Pun intended. Pun fully intended. <laughs> fully erect. Full mess. Fully intended. Well, and like, whatever. I don't want to get into the philosophy of sex scenes. But yeah. like, whatever. If you're doing sure. a sex scene and the dude you're doing a sex scene with gets a fucking boner, that's a completely natural thing. I mean, that how doesn't can mean... you stop that? You can't right. stop but that. that. But, that's, but that's what I mean about this. Just, uh, but it's, this is enough conversation. Yeah. Anyway, point being, I think, uh, so before we go into like what happened, because honestly, 
not all that much happens in this episode. It's a lot of flashback leading up to the wedding Which and I how love. they got to and the And we wedding. watched, as always, we watched the fun little stars extra bonus thing. And mm-hmm. Runmore had some great things to say about the structure of the episode, which we'll get into. But before we get into that, of all the like little subtle moments, and if you want to pick one for each of them, that's fine. But if not, if you just want to pick one, what was the like tiny little subtle nuanced moment that you thought was really excellent? Because I think that, that the whole thing is made by those moments. I might be bogarting yours, That's but fine. I love the moment when they go in for their first kiss and she goes, tell me about your family. And he goes, <laughs> and he just laughs. That shit was perfect. That one's not mine, but that's a really good one. And you know what, Sam Hewen? Good job, buddy. Yep. Mine has to be uh, after uh, love scene number one, uh, where, he, where they're talking, where she's asking him. Oh, about the horses. And about the horses. But then he goes, you like me. And that like, it, 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 probably, it was obviously very implied, but his look away going, uh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he has, like, he has this moment of saying, I like it as much. But his, his moment, his like pickup was so perfect. Mm. Oh, she, what a good choice. how she didn't, she didn't answer Mm-hmm. Mine is see, and all three of us picked Sam Hewan moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He did do a very um, good job in this episode. Uh, mine is in the wedding ceremony when the priest says, "You may now kiss your wife, or you may now kiss your bride," and he looks at him like, yeah. "Oh, holy shit, she really is my wife now, isn't she?" Mm-hmm. And he looks like shocked and scared and deliriously happy all in one. Well, and the added moment of like how he's like. He's, he, he was being so cool with her, saying, say this after me, do this thing, Gaelic, blah, blah, blah. And then... The, Your he, servant, madam. Yeah. yeah. And then he fucking... Then the priest says that shit, and he goes... Uh, uh, and it's real. It it's be, and it, he just looks... And, all right, um, let's talk costumes I don't for think, a brief moment. No, hold on. No? I don't... The, this is like... That the, dress is so good, though. Well, we're going to get to the costume. This episode's so hard. There's just so much I know. But this is a specific relating to that scene and to his performance in general. Um, this is, in some ways, kind of a book spoiler, but I actually don't think that it's possible to watch this show and not understand that this is the case. So I'm going to go ahead and assume that viewers will get this from subtext, even if you're watching along for the first time with us. Um, so Jamie is actually already legitimately in love with her and has mm-hmm. been for a while, right? Like in the book, it ex- he explicitly says that he's been infatuated, enamored, whatever, with her from the time that he met her and like obviously very deeply cares for her. And I think the show implies that pretty strongly throughout, even when he's making out with fucking Um, Because you see like, He'll, he'll be kind to her and then he'll actually talk to Claire. And there's mm-hmm. that great scene with Myrta and Claire where he says, Lura will be a lass until she's 50 and he needs a real woman. And like, you understand that she may think like, oh man, if I were single and five years younger, I'd climb that tree. And yeah. he's like, this woman is remarkable. This is my mountain. <laughs> 
<laughs> right? And this episode, it seems like there's that great moment. And speaking of another great tiny Sam Hewn moment where he lies about where the key is from. And again, like spoiler, except for I don't think it is. I think it's pretty obvious that he's not telling the truth about this key. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, they're in two different places. She's sort of falling in love and he's finally getting to express a thing he's been feeling for a long time. And maybe that's part of the differentiation between the two performances, right? Mm-hmm. Cause she's wonderful, but it's very internal. Whereas mm-hmm. his performance I think is extremely evocative because everybody knows what it's like to finally get to express something that you've been feeling for a long time. Mm-hmm. Oh, apparently I'm a really big Sam Hewen fan. And man, I gotta say, he does this episode. It's his best episode other than maybe Wentworth. I think out of season one, obviously I prefer this one to Wentworth. Yes, but but preference is not. Acting wise, he's very good in both of them. Yes. Uh, But also Katrina Bamaf is so good in her restraint at the beginning and Anyway, it's 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 a great episode. Um, they well, you go through all these weird flashbacks too. So you've got they open up at the after they. <laughs> I want you guys to know they saved me some of the salty. Scat. No, here <laughs> have some more salty. Scat. I give you uh, my beer so that we may be one. <laughs> <laughs> we open after the wedding. Claire is trying to stop this from happening. Like, so they right, have to go into the flashback. At, at the beginning, right? At the very, very, very end of the wedding. They open on like the smooch. Right. So we have to go back to all the flashback of what happened. Oh, beforehand. but Julie, we're skipping your very favorite thing. Which was the kitty meow meow. <laughs> the little tag at the beginning. You love a tag. I was like a kitty meow meow. Kitty's down there eating all the food that everybody left because everybody has to wait down by the fire while they do it to make sure they do it. Uh, whereas I wrote down, ooh, hungry pussy. <laughs> I think both are legitimately wow. correct. <laughs> Whatever. There's yeah. not a single person oh. in the world that hasn't had the word pussy on the brain in the last right. three weeks. I know. I hate that word, and now I'm fucking determined to reclaim it. Anyway, uh, I fucking hate it. Cunt is the word. Anyhow, Patty. <laughs> so, I've never known in the history of the world, no one has ever made a bird is the word joke that Julie's not responded to until this moment. The garbage man. I understand that song. <laughs> Moving on. So, it opens up with a voiceover of Claire saying, Memories are strung together like pearls and blah, 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 blah. But do you forget what those pearls look like? And I'm like, Claire, (laughs) they they look look like like pearls. pearls. (laughs) And then all of a sudden we're in the boudoir with her and Jamie. And Jamie is very nervous and Claire is very nervous. And then there's some joke. But you know, that's actually not what we open with. Do you remember what we actually open with? Uh, We open with Claire and Frank. Oh, that's right. Which that's honestly right. is one of the best scenes in the episode. All, I, oh, that's right. Elopen at the courthouse. I have you that guys, first. You were watching it. You guys mentioned how you forgot about it. Yeah, yeah but it's wonderful. And it's great because it's so easy to forget that Tobias is so good when he's Frank because we spend so much time with him as BJR, right? And as the beach. As the beach. Uh, and he. Um, but also, he it's spends weird. a lot of time in that scene looking at her mouth, may I which is also, one of my favorite things in a love scene. May <laughs> I also admit that this time, my second viewing of it, I found it to be slightly controlling. Oh, I didn't think so. Well, I will agree. 
It's all of a sudden where they're in the street and he sees it and he's like, let's do this. And she wasn't exactly ready for it or had no knowledge that it was coming. He hadn't even asked her yet. Right. Oh, I think he had. No, he's... No, he... No, no he's he hadn't said anything. Man. Yes, but I'm not sure that that... There's no fucking ring. He hadn't met her family. She hadn't met his family. It seems a little bit like, uh, I'm gonna lock this down. And not in like a horrible way, but it is a little bit oh, like... God, I view that scene as... I view that scene so differently. It's so hard because it was so romantic. It, it was, was incredibly romantic, but it was also like, you don't need to meet my family. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I don't know. He didn't say you don't need to meet my family. Yes, he he, actually, said, he no. actually specifically said no. you don't have to meet he my family. Said, they won't meet Claire Beecham. They'll meet Claire Randall. But that's what that, but that's what that means. Yeah, but you know, like, on the flip side, I would like to think that if I were, like, impulsively marrying a partner but impulsively marrying also includes ideas of control oh does it yes i mean i'm totally probably gonna get impulsively married i i just really think that if a man all of a sudden walks past a courthouse and is like let's do it and the woman has no idea that's a power situation that is inherent in their relationship that it's not bad. Obviously, she loves him. Okay. And obviously, she's excited <laughs> about it, but she's also surprised. Like, she had no idea. She must have had some idea because he didn't say, let's get married. He said, what about now? And she turned around and looked and said, now I haven't met your parents yet. It was just the courthouse. But so also, there must have been some sort of conversation. But also, I haven't met your parents. I, I, I don't know. That, that, For that time period and... and it just seems a little impulsive and like controlling. Not, not horrible. Obviously, Frank's not an asshole. Let's not... Well, occasionally Frank is an asshole. Right, right. But I don't think he's an asshole in that moment. Let's not discount the also wartime, which is different. Right, because yes. she was about to leave, and as I understand like a, that. As a person who dated somebody while they were fucking at war, if he had asked me to impulsively marry him two weeks before he had left, I would have said yes, and now I'd be divorced. Yeah. But, <laughs> Just say, but that doesn't mean it's controlling. You, that means well, it's maybe not good decision-making. It's, it's kind of... It, it, well, it's kind of is a controlling no, behavior. It, it so, uh, Erica, sorry if you ever listen to my sister and her husband, Matt, relationship. But when they got engaged, it was before, just at, just prior to him going to Iraq. And it was one of those things where, like, it felt very like it was a decision they were making very, very impulsively because they felt this moment. But it also, it felt like it wasn't. But I don't think that means it's not romantic. Like it, a bad decision oh, no. doesn't it mean can, that's not romantic. It can be romantic. It also doesn't necessarily mean it's controlling because if I had married the ex-boyfriend I won't name before he had gone to Iraq, I don't think it would have been control. But, he was controlling but, when he but, came but, back. But, but, but we're using we're using the context. We're of, using the context of this and show and and the context of uh, Black Jack Randall and like yeah, but he's not the beach. But he but does come back and have weird moments where he has those things. 
But I just, I mean, we can't, like, obviously this is a place where we don't see eye to eye. Yeah. But I just don't. Don't ever ask me to go to a courthouse when I'm standing in front of it to marry you. Yeah, but don't do you do think that. there's a universe where Claire would say yes to something like that if she didn't want to? I guess not, but she obviously loves him, but she does, is surprised by it. But is happy about it. It's it a is. happy scene, right? It is a happy scene, but it is, but it. I it's mean, impulsive and a little bit unexpected and weird. You have, like, in the context of understanding, well, and now I'm going to back up for a second. Maybe we might be understanding. Uh, Only of the show. I mean, it's also possible books. that, yeah, that I'm understanding it from a book perspective. But I think yeah. it's also personal, right? Like, so I, whatever, Tom is never going to listen to this. I'm in a, <laughs> like, a long-term relationship. And... We have, like, both of us have had mutating views about marriage in the course of our relationship, and I still don't know whether or not we'll ever get married, and that doesn't super-duper matter to me. But if we were downtown and walking past a courthouse and he said, hey, what about getting married right now? I would say yes to that. Like, I just would. Like, if in, in a moment, in, like, an honest, impulsive moment, he thought, this is a thing that I want, I actually don't, and this is a modern thing, I don't, I don't actually think that it would change our relationship that much. Uh, and maybe that is because I've never been married, but I wouldn't feel controlled by that. I would feel like it was I would an feel honest taken by surprise. I would feel taken by surprise. Uh, Janine is saying, Don't let's that, wrap Janine. it up. Anyway, we we flash, we see this. Obviously, Frank and Claire are going to get married in the courthouse, and we flash back and to it's Claire. A, and my very in favorite moment is when she slides on her shoes. Oh, that oh, is that very cute. cute. Anyway. Like yeah. It was, all of a sudden, her shoes just slip, but she's holding onto his arm, so it doesn't matter. I love that moment. So they go back, and then all of a sudden, they're in their wedding Bam, room. wedding. And they don't want to do it yet because they're all fucking nervous, and they're sad. And, well, but, one of them doesn't want to do it because she's nervous and sad. Right. He wants to do it immediately. Well, he's been wanting to do it for, like, for a long time. For a long time. And then he is like, there are people out there that are waiting to make sure that we consummate this shit. And I'm like, oh, the good old days. And what he doesn't know <laughs> is that they're all getting murdered by... Murdered by Roose Bolden and Walter Frey at that hey, moment. Game of uh, <laughs> Thank you for explaining, explaining my reference there. Sorry, I'm just giving it. No, it's good. I, I, <laughs> but then the spear was seven point five. Yeah. Oh my ja- God, is it really? Yeah. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie is trying to uh, loosen Claire up, if you know what I'm saying. And he's making some jokes, and he makes jokes about something, and she goes, "You're a regular Bob Hope." Claire, you're a time traveler. Come on, bitch. And he goes, is Bob Hope a funny person? And she goes, mm. and I'm like, no, no. She says, I always thought so. Yeah. And we're like, mm, maybe in 1945 he was And funny. then I said, I always preferred Bing Crosby. And then I remembered that Bing Crosby used to beat his children. Beat the shit out of his kids. Anyway. Uh, so then, so basically what, ha- what ha- happened is that then Claire eventually is like, please, like, tell me about anything about yeah. your life let's not do it right now there's let's this just wonderful thing it's as a book reader there's this great thing where jamie essentially in ways you don't actually hear because it's mostly hidden in voiceover because claire's a voiceover at the time about what excellent storytellers scots are um as someone who is part scott i agree <laughs> well i i am actually mostly scottish cowden is a town in Scotland, Cowden beef. I assumed that it was a fish-based soup. Mm-mm. Cowden. Cowden. That sounds like a Wikipedia research. 
<laughs> my family were in charge of cows. Ah, I don't they know. They were the cow den? The cow den. Like they were dealing with the herd. I don't know. Uh, anyway, they, um, they start basically to go through, and this is what Ron Moore said, was that they wanted to find a way, because these people fall in love after they're actually married, to have them start the episode married and then see all the things that happened the day beforehand. So one of the things, we go all the way back to Jamie being like, hey, yeah, I'll get married to this woman, but I have mm-hmm. three conditions. And there's this great moment where, because anytime that Myrta gets to be awesome, I just notice it because I love him so much. Where Dougal says like, oh, well, she doesn't have so much say in the matter whether or not you get married. And Myrta says, I didn't think you held with rape, Dougal, because Myrta, a modern man, mm-hmm. recognizing that for, recognizes that forcing a woman to marry a man is fucking rape but i just want to go on the record as saying that this is not rape no it's not but thank you pample moose Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, we do get to see a return of the cookie monster (laughs) i wrote cookie monster returns is my next thing hey amelia guess what that weird ass cookie monster brooch shows back up yep thank you gilf anyway uh jamie basically says hey i want the following things. I want to make this sure. This is after Ned Gowan says, here's what has to happen. And you they have make fun to marry of her and there has to be consummation of it. Visible and at some point they yeah. all say the following word together. Do you guys remember what word it is? I wrote it down that we should all say it together. Mm-mm. No, it's not quite as it's. <laughs> you can treat her like a whore. a common whore, uh, and he doesn't. Dougal makes he he says a, a Gaelic word for boobs. I'm assuming which is kitchen or something. <laughs> yeah, just like we to touch it up on the clothes and, and get my uh, 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 and, uh, 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 um c i o c h a n um and. Uh, he never says grind or corn, but Jamie's like, hey, basically don't talk about my wife like that anymore. And here are my three conditions. One, we need to be married properly in a church. And this is like our structure for the first part of this episode. Mm. Um, oh, also there's a weird thing where uh, Angus comes in and says he wants to see, have a wee keek at her breast. He just wants to see her boobs. <laughs> and uh, I feel like we should fuck all these other moments. Let's talk about that fucking Oh, we're getting there. We'll get there. We'll get there real quick. Come on. So wait, just the three conditions. They need to be married in a church. So we see this great scene where they basically attempt to like threaten a priest into marrying them. But William understands all of the Bible shit. They have like a dueling versus thing. And then finally Dougal is like, oh, how would you like some windows? Bing bong, marriage time. And he's like, yeah, let's go. Uh, Condition two is the ring. You need to take this key that I have, which we don't know at this point what it is. And Rupert and Angus, I'm going to entrust you to do this. Go make this into a ring. But I need it to have the key features. And they walk up to a guy who's surrounded by like smithing tools and horses (laughs) and iron and things. And Angus walks up and goes, are you a blacksmith? Doi. It's great. Anyway, then they like haggle with this dude, which is like haggis, but with money. And, <laughs> and then the third condition And get is, the ring, yeah. The third condition is that Claire needs a dress and Jamie needs wedding clothes. That's right. So Jamie- So first we see one of my favorite scenes in the episode. Yes. Which is Myrta 
And Jamie in the stables. Yes. Myrta has gone to some Fraser widow nearby and convinced her to lend them a kilt so that he can be, because this is the first time that we know that Jamie's surname is Fraser, right? Like before this, he's always Mr. No, it's Mr. McTavish. McTavish. Yes. Um, isn't that Graham McTavish? That's Graham McTavish's last name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Graham McTavish. I don't know what if you know this. Gilf? His last name is McTavish. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Gilf yeah. mm-hmm. Tavish. Anyway. Um, and then they have this lovely conversation where Jamie just basically wants to know if his parents would approve and they're both dead. And Marta at first seems sort of hesitant. And then he has this like, God damn it, Duncan Lacroix, La- La- Lacroix, whatever the fuck, however Pample you pronounce moose. it. Pample moose. Um, where he says like, Jamie's mother had a very sweet smile and Claire's smile is just as sweet and it's lovely. It's beautiful because you can see that he totally loved Jamie's mom. And you can also see that he also thinks very highly of Claire and of this marriage and that's reinforced later. There are some beautiful shots of him during the wedding when he looks so happy. It's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Question? Yes. Janine just raised his hand like at yeah. school. He is his godfather. He is not his uncle father. No. He is actually not related by blood, but is part of the family and was in love with his mother. Well, so so that's a spoiler, but we'll let it ride. Sorry, spoiler. But I will, so what I will give off of our slight spoiler, but what I saw is that Murtaugh is a father. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Because up until now, listening to you guys, <clears throat> I experienced this, experiencing this, I these this series vicariously. I just thought it No, no, no. He's kind of like a dadly figure. Um, so, you know, you know how in Harry Potter, how Snape, even though he hates Harry, kind of loves Harry mm-hmm. because he loves Lily? Murtaugh's like that, only not a dick. Yeah. Right, like he loves Jamie, both because Jamie's fucking awesome. Like things Jamie is bad at, not being loved by everyone he meets. <laughs> Truth, other than Blackjack Randall, which again, yeah. that's up for no, debate. You know what? He he totally loves him, just in a weird, weird, way. weird love way. Uh, but it is like a fatherly slash friendly slash uncle-ly thing. It's a it's complicated relationship. But also he views him as his chieftain because he identifies as a Fraser Uh, and Brian Fraser's dead. So like he, and we get into that more in season two, but he sort of views him as both being like his responsibility to protect and also his leader, Mm -hmm. which is why in any of those big clan scenes, Murta is basically always either protecting Jamie or backing Jamie up. And when it's just the two of them, he's also, he's always telling Jamie to not be an idiot. So Murta's awesome. And we move on to love Oh no, no. So the other so the other part of it is the clothes. Yeah. Right. She like has if we're doing the, dress, the three conditions. So we, have, we have Ned Gowan in the whorehouse trying to get a dress. And for that her. that's the like comic relief scene. And yeah. at this point, and granted by the time we get to this point, we've they've already fucked. But I think we should do all three sex scenes in a row. So we'll yeah. do the flashbacks and then we'll do the sex no, scenes. And in a way you guys are approaching it very chronologically. Which I appreciate, but I'm pushing forward. I know. Yes. <laughs> but but so Ned, Ned has Gowan this great goes scene. and all the whores are like trying to get with him because they understand that he might have Wouldn't money. You and like, to take me out of this one? Look at this dress and they're all shitty oh look my breasts are here they're present and then all of a sudden 
the madam, <laughs> the madam shows up like in her mid forties or fifties. And is like, this beautiful dress wrapped in all this muslin. She's like, okay. So one day this British dude came through. And he was long on desire, but a wee bit short on clank. So he didn't have any money, but he had this dress he'd bought for his wife. Look at this. And Ned's like, that's the one. And it's incredibly beautiful. And like, at that point in the episode, Julie said, I want that part. I want that part. I do. I want to be that madam. That's but, all I ever want. And I love that she like undercut herself because she was like, and she was like, I'll take it. And she's like, but how about for a and, and he's like, no fucking problem. He's like, I got Pulls this. open his thing. And she's like, Ugh. and then she looks at one of her young whores and she's like, got you. <laughs> and the young whore approaches Ned Gowan like, I need some more money. Let's go fuck. And then Ned Gowan gets fucked. That colonial motherfucker. Yeah, that, that John Adams from 1776 got boned. Oh, my God. And a dress. And yeah. A dress. And a dress. So we got the dress, the ring, the church, the wedding happens. It's incredible. And the, and the cutting of the wrists. Right. Oh. It's so sad, though, because Claire's hungover. She's not ready for it, but they make her so pretty. And he's so handsome. And now we'll talk about the costume. And Janine, I just want to go on the record as saying I warned you in advance that this episode was going to be long. You it's, did, and I, I'm just trying, but I recognize why. Right. Yeah. So, so quick question. Because we're about to talk about the most famous. And you know what, Julie, we talked about this earlier, and you said the red dress in season two, and I agree. But this mm-hmm. is the most famous dress in the series to date. You think you think this is more famous than the red dress? Yes, I think the red dress had more boobs, which is really mm-hmm. shocking because this yeah, dress because has this a lot is of like boobs. Areolas coming out. No, Ooh. I think this is the most famous dress in the series. So right now, while you guys talk, is look up these two and compare because literally the entire episode I was going nipple <laughs> nipple. <laughs> but about this dress, so it's incredible. We spent beautiful. a lot of time in the show singing the praises of Terry Dressback, and yeah, you know, guys, we're just following Outlander. We're saving the boning because the anticipation. I'm literally feeling my boobs as I'm saying <laughs> she this. She is feeling her boobs right now. You guys are watching <laughs> the it. Anticipation helps. I have an answer to this. Yes. Yeah. Uh, fuck that. The wedding dress is lower. The the red dress just happens to point lower. Ah. So in in the like literally, I'm not concerned about seeing her nipples in her dress in the red dress. Wow, spectacular as it is. But her fucking wedding dress is is a right at areola level. Right at areola, and it's just this fucking parallel. Line. It's crazy, but I would say that that is not actually the thing that makes that dress amazing. No, no it's the sparkly. It's the well, it's, I mean, and well, the embroidery. I'm a dude talking about boots. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! It's not like there's a shortage of boobs. In fact, there's there are boobs for everyone because we see lots of Jamie's boobs too. And mm-hmm. Jesus Christ! Yeah, thanks. <laughs> so we get to the wedding. Her dress is from whores, but incredibly like the bibbity bobbity boo dress. Like, so how did this happen? If you haven't watched the bonus extra stars things, which we do always because we talk about them all the time because they're so good. They took Micah as in for Micah, but without the four as in the mineral and flaked it apart and put it in that dress. So that because they didn't have sequins, right? So it's mm-hmm. shiny and beautiful because the underskirt is fucking, it's sewn in everywhere. And there are so many pleats. I read it. 
an interview somewhere where I heard that it weighed like 150 pounds. That it dress. was a heavy ass dress, and she had at, to wear think, that just shit. Just think about those pleats, Janine. Think about the pleats. She had to wear no. it a lot. Which also adds to the fact why she looks so sad up in the wedding boudoir because she is fucking tired from and hauling that Mr. T dress around. Just yep. <sighs> okay, so the wedding is incredible. They have the moment outside of the church where they have to tell each other each other's name. Oh, and he bows and he says, you're and so, one of the places so that Aaron told me to write down chills was when he said, your servant, madam. And then she hold, and then he, she says, I don't know your name. And he says his name, which by the way is James Alexander, Alexander Malcolm McKenzie Fraser. Fraser. Uh, and then she says, Claire Elizabeth Beecham. And she holds out her hand to shake it. And he like doesn't know what that means. So he takes her hand in both of his and just gradually turns it over. And it's, it's just beautiful. beautiful. And then they have to go into this weird ass church that's like buried in the ground. And there's this gorgeous shot where you can see. And I want to at least at the very, very end, talk about some of the cool shots in this episode. We because because one, so a thing about Janine that we've never talked about is that he's also a filmmaker and a really good one. So he understands shit that we don't understand. So we're going to talk about some of the really cool shots in this later. But she walks into the church and she's lit from behind. And they get, there's candlelight everywhere. And they get married and Myrtle. It looks like he's crying and it's just fucking beautiful. And then they get their wrists lit and tied together in some weird Scottish ass pagan crap. And then they have to speak Gaelic and Jamie says, just repeat after me. And mm. it's basically, it's this thing that's really famous in the book. It's like, I give you my body that we may be one. And it's just like beautiful. He gives his body to everybody. He gives though. his, he, the, his body is the village, yeah, uh, village can, fucking can bicycle. Can we add this to the list of things Jamie's not good at? Not giving his body up. Not giving we his body can. up. Yes. Not giving his body up for everybody in the world. <laughs> well, it's like all the way. How many ways can I give my body up? It's a one, a two, a, a three. <laughs> it's a, I'm of your blood. I'm of your body. I'm of your bone. And I'm like, I'm of your bone. Oh, I am so of your bone. So... So that's the wedding. So now do we talk about the fucking? We just talk about fucking for like 10 minutes. I mean, minutes. we skipped some things, but we'll come back to them. Well, that's because fuckings happen between the tellings, but it makes more sense to tell the story of everything that happened ahead of time. Right. Well, did we mention that Claire was super duper hungover? We did, right? Yes. That like At Jamie did all these beautiful things and Claire mm. got trashed. <laughs> And looked and, like and, a melted Marta, candle. Yeah, Marta came and woke her up and said, you don't want to get married looking like a melted candle. And she's like, ugh. But so they're married now. That's where we started at the beginning of the episodes. We got all the flashbacks. And then it's straight doing it. So there's a lot of, Jamie, first of all, here, all right, topical. One of my favorite things about this episode is that they make consent really sexy because Jamie straight up says that she's terrified and Jamie straight up says I am not going to force myself on you Mm -hmm. and like they build this rapport he goes in to kiss her she pulls away he laughs and thinks that's like awkward which it is and then they just talk Mm -hmm. And he tells her about their family and like this tension builds and builds and builds. They get to know each other. There's this beautiful narration where she says they're getting to know their new spouses and whatnot. But you can see that like, especially the drunker that she becomes, and I'm sorry. She's drinking a lot. anybody blame her? No. If If you're by somebody that like compassionate, thoughtful, 
charming and also fucking a stone cold fox. No, I would have boned him the immediately. The longer you get. But, but like a Matt, Julie, but let me, th- let me about, give you a right. hypothetical you're situation. Right. I'm thinking about Neil. I'm thinking about Neil in my past life and it's very difficult. Right. I'm just like, oh God, I love my husband so much. Why would I ever do this? <sighs> right. Mm-hmm. Complicated. Yes. And so she needs some time to like, because she, she knows legally and for her own protection, she, she has, has to, to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, we get this great brief moment with the clans where you recognize that it's also that like they, he will have the right to torture her until she says things unless she's no longer, if she's a Scottish citizen, then he can't. Mm-hmm. So it's to protect her, but also to protect the McKenzie's, mm-hmm. but he's doing it for her. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the first moment where you see that she's like, oh, well, shit. Because she says, why did you marry me? Let's get it on. <laughs> and then it goes from there, right? Like, and there's this on. moment where he like very, she says, uh, are we going to, he says, are we going to bed or to sleep? And she says like, a, just like a bitch. I love you, but like a bitch. Well, I need you to know that that's how Neil and mine's relationship began. Really? Better to I'm sleep? either going home or I'm going to bed. And Neil's response was, you're going to bed. <laughs> that happened. I, Just saying. I will say, as a non-committed Russian man, <laughs> <laughs> I've had plenty of wonderful interactions where that has been <laughs> I'm either going home or I'm going to bed. So, well, she was already forced into this situation anyway. So she's like, oh, well, well. And he says, okay, either way, you can't sleep in this shit. So then he helps her take her clothes off. And that it's like her, him taking off. I just want to make sure everybody hears those noises that Janine's making. Janine did like it. Just so good. Talk to us, Janine. Talk to us about the choker. Choker. I hardly know her. So, they, well, we have to recognize first they start off with the bottom dress. The the, the skirts first. The skirts. Skirts first. Which was wonderful, and it was it was obviously you know it looks like you're dropping a fucking like plate of armor uh, to a degree. Um, but the choker, the choker was this small piece of fabric that. Fabulous. Had nothing to do with her actual body. Nothing, but, but with these like big fingers that are somehow so dainty. The sound you're hearing right now is the is. beer that Julie just opened dripping onto the floor. It's fine. We hey man, we we moving on. Uh, <laughs> but it was it was it, 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 I had never experienced a more sensual removal of. Than that choker? Than that goddamn choker! It's hot. Holy fuck! It's really hot. God, it was good. I mean, the skirts are good too. I mean, you see her like old fashioned stockings. Yeah, the, skirt, yeah. the skirts are good. The skirts are like what you expect. The choker, though. It was a surprise. It was. I was just It's like, hot as oh, shit. And then he oh takes my. the mo. He takes a long time to try it out. Like, have you ever taken your socks off really slowly, or had somebody else take your socks <laughs> off really slowly for you? No. This sounds weird. No, I just want that to happen. It sounds. If I take my shoes off, will you take my socks yes, off? Yes, really I cool? will do this for you. I need you to understand that this is real. There were times. 
Oh, you think I'm fucking kidding. I do not I think you're kidding. If somebody takes your sock off really slowly, it's this incredible, like, uh, feeling. Neil and I used to do it all the time. It's been a while. Neil, I love you. Just take my fucking socks off, bitch. Uh, but that's what, that's what the choker made me think of because it's yeah. this very intimate, like, slow removal of something that... You can't feel until it's gone, just like a sock. You can't feel that it was there until it's gone. You know, the closest thing I have to relate to, and we're just getting real, we're getting real real right now, is the like, whenever you're wearing something, whether it's clothing or like a fucking bathrobe or whatever, where it feels like this, oh God, I'm about to reveal so much about myself because this is going to make me sound like such a dick. Where you feel like they're unwrapping a present but no. like taking their time. It's incredible. Where it's like, this is a treat and I have to savor it. Yes. No, that, and that's, that's what not, it's like. That is not, that is that not is revealing not anything about yourself. That is the truth. Yeah, but that means that I'm the present. Yes, no, because you are oh, the present. You guys are lovely. No, man, I have been married for many years <laughs> and I am still the motherfucking present. Well, Julie, of course you are. Come I, on. You just, you just enriched my sexual life by talking about socks. Hashtag a woman's secret. Hashtag a woman's secret. Take those socks off. They're slow, ladies. Just real slow. I I will say, though, like the image uh, from my filmmaking perspective. Or for whatever you need to do later tonight when you rewatch this episode. (laughs) Ten out of ten. ten. But just the image of like, yeah, you see his fingers. You see but. Then, like, this, this, this beautiful woman who is tense and all these things, and then suddenly, suddenly you see how open she is by not having this piece of fabric over her neck. And Chokers then, suck. Chokers do suck. They do anyway. Suck. But it was like, it was I did like wear funny. a lot of them. Like, though. That was like this one thing where, like, chokers fuck chokers. Don't ever wear a choker. If you're listening to this and you are uh, an impressionable person who's wearing fashion, blah, 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 don't fucking wear a choker. But in this moment, it did such a great job of showing how open she was. And it, it like, was, it's such a, it really chills. So then, <laughs> so then they so do then it. So then she's in her shaft. No, you're skipping. She's well, in her shaft. And that's the only thing left her move, right? Mm-hmm. So he goes to, like, take it off, only it just goes to straight boob down. Mm-hmm. And then she says, my turn, or like, me fat, whatever the fuck Wait, she no, says. no, no, This is later. This oh, is no, not the this, first time. There are two it. times it reverses. Well, we're, we're, the we're, choker is the first time. We're, yeah. We're really it's hard because we're skipping. No, we're like, Julie, you're thinking yeah. of this because that's a reversal. That's mm-hmm. the second time. Oh. Right? It, this is the thing that happens twice. Oh, Look, right. So first, she takes, right. he takes her clothes off and mm-hmm. then she says, my turn. Mm-hmm. And then she goes for the built, the built. I was about to say the built on his kilt. What I mean is the belt on his kilt. Julie just grabbed her boobs. I did. I'm like, belt, belt, belt. So it's like, because here's a universal truth. You start removing somebody's belt. You won't get all the way through removing the belt before all of a sudden things are way more complicated. Yeah. There's something about the removal of a belt that is universally fucking hot. Am I wrong? No? Is it just me? Well, 
If you're removing a belt on like jeans or pants, it's bullshit because then you have to do that and then you have to get the unbuttons done and then you have to get the zippers done. I'm just saying that this was very seamless. Oh no, but Kilt this is my helps. point. This is, I agree. Helps. But my point is in that like you do the belt and then you do the button and then you do the zipper and then you like wink, 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 and get it all done, whatever. And then there's more shit. This is like, it's like all the good things about removing a belt and none of the bullshit because right. the like, tactile action of like sliding the strap through the it's like fucking hot and then there's a kilt so it's just like and then all of a sudden they're just fucking yeah right and i like to view these sex scenes and this is something i just came up with watching it this time it's like there's one that feels like yeah that's how two virgin male would do it yes but honestly even two people doing it for the first time where there's a lot of tension truly though specifically a virgin male who had never had sex before yeah but one that like really cared about how the lady felt he was trying but he also didn't know that you could do it face to face i know it's one of my favorite moments that's straight from the book is that he he assumes that people did it like horses turn around okay pump pump up great okay not that you can't also do it like horses but like but great maybe the first time you don't start with horses (laughs) no bitch no you do not start with horses you you move on to other things which round two oh yeah oh yeah no 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 but this one is like, it's fast. It's, uh, she obviously enjoys it. And like, I want to go to bat. But I would like enjoy to, it. I want to go to bat way. for enjoying sex without necessarily coming. Sure. Because there are all kinds of people, predominantly women, but people in general who can fuck and not come and still enjoy it because just like, it's not, there are people who fucking never come from sex ever. They come by themselves and that's how it happens. And like, obviously that's not the case with Claire, but they do it and she enjoys it. And he, that's where we have the whole, did you like it? And she doesn't answer. And then he says, Oh, well, Myrta said most women don't enjoy it. And to that, I have to say, Myrta, Myrta, you're doing you, it wrong. You need to take some time, Myrta, because really you oh. got the bones to like really get this right. Yeah. I mean, I'm the, just saying. The vast majority of our listenership would fuck the holy shit out of you. But then would we have to teach you things? Uh, I don't need to teach you things. I just cannot imagine we'd have to teach Myrta anything. Maybe he's just maybe he's just like not making the right connections. Ugh. He's a guy. He's a Mm. Yeah. Anyway, second time. So then they have more chats and whatever. And the so the if the first time is like awkward, first time, virginal kind of high school, obviously very affectionate. And then he has to go downstairs and get food, and everybody's all in his little standoff, and they're like Dougal, which is the subplot, right? In the chest, and Dougal's like, "What the fuck?" And then there's this whole thing set up with him and Dougal. Yeah, and if we have a subplot in this episode, the subplot is Dougal being just like creepy, being a douchebag. But he goes back upstairs. They have more conversation. Claire gets drunker. This is maybe the only episode. In the entire series where Claire just getting drunker and drunker and drunker seems like a good time travel decision. Um, I don't know that I needed to be drunk for that. I might have been needed yeah, to be drunk imagine. for the first time, but after the first time, maybe I need to be. Yeah, but Julie, name me a time. Faculties. Name me a time in your life when you got pretty drunk, then had sex, 
then decided I should be more sober next time. Well, typically, if I'm getting drunk and having sex, I'm going to sleep right after. I don't have to worry about oh, it. Oh, this is where we're different. Yeah. This, this, but this is- if I'm getting drunk and having sex, I'm counting the but minutes until drunk. I can have sex again. But no. We're, but we're talking but- Mm-hmm. Well, round two is the biting round. Which yeah, but then he falls asleep. falls asleep. Of course. Because I have a disagreement with Tom him. about this. He thinks that everybody falls asleep after they come. No, that's not that's true. That's no, not of true. course not. He's wrong. It's because he sleeps so soundly. He doesn't mm-hmm. recognize that the people he's delightfully fucking are then awake because women fucking get more alert after they come. I don't. I totally do. And I don't. I if after I orgasm, I totally just want to lay there and cuddle and go to sleep. I truly do. There's no, there's no like more fun times. It's more like, oh, thank God, let's go to sleep. Like that's what it is. Thanks. I, uh, I think regardless, like obviously this, if the first time is about like, yup, like puppy love. Yeah, right? like he gets the his. The second time. She's like, Neh. Oh, well, but obviously also enjoys it, right? But puppy love. Puppy love. Not the same. The second time is like straight up lust. Like mm-hmm. biting, tearing, clawing, sort of teaching each other. It's obviously like swells from this need and it's just filthy in like the best possible way. And then she goes downstairs to get food wrapped in the Fraser tartan and there's Gilf drunk and a dick. And he tries to like have sex with her and she's like, I am Jamie Fraser's husband. And then all of a sudden Rupert shows up and nobody's been happier to see Rupert ever. Oh, he was so, he was just delightful. And then he shows up and and Claire's like, thank God. And then she goes back upstairs and Jamie's still asleep because she knocked his ass out in the last round. And she sits there by the fire thinking about what Dougal has just done to her. Why did he come onto me in that way? Why did he do this? And then Jamie wakes up and he sees his gorgeous bride over by the fire with the fucking tartan wrapped around her, but only slightly wrapped around her so you can see one beautiful Yeah, and remember, Irish this shoulder. is like, imagine uh, y- you, a dude, pretend you're a dude, wake up and your you, lady you don't have to pretend. is, is have like to pretend. wrapped up to go get food in your fucking jeans, right? Because she's wearing his kilt. Yeah. Let's let's back up for a second. Let's not use jeans. Let's use she's wrapped up in your favorite suit. There you go. Or okay. or your shirt. Your favorite button up shirt. Like she just has it and one All is right, slightly off your shoulder. Yeah. Off her shoulder. And you look up and you see and you're like, damn, that woman's beautiful, which is what Jamie does. He wakes up and he sees her and he's like, Oh yeah. And then he well, sees and her. This is our our United Choice. For best sex scene. For best sex scene in the episode. Yeah. Is the fucking kilt pearls sex. God damn it. So he sees her and he's like, no, this is a real woman that I really love. And it's true now. And he goes and he pulls his mother's long string of pearls pearls. out of his whatever the Scottish man bag is. Sporan. Thank you, Sporan. And he brings it over. It's me, Sporan. Sporan. It is me, Sporan. We almost made it through an episode without a friend. It's true. It's never going to happen. So he brought it. He brings the pearls over to her. He explains his mother's pearls. Claire's half naked. He puts these beautiful pearls over her neck. And then she's actually naked. naked. And then all of a sudden, it's this huge pearl necklace. 
all puns intended. <laughs> but it's like all the way down to her navel and she's naked. And then it's like this real, actual, communal doing yeah. it. I, I, gotta, I gotta say, though, no. 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 No, he wouldn't know what that was. He, he wouldn't would, know what that was. Would, they do that in the books at some point. It's several books oh, forward. Well, oh, yeah. Then, uh, but it's like way in the future. Oh, fair. I don't yeah. think it's a spoiler to say that Claire and Jamie continue to have sex in these books. Yeah. As you should. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, eventually they get to Pearl Necklace territory, but this is like an actual Pearl but Necklace. But they have some incredible, like, love sex. This is my, and this is my point that I was making, right? Doing it. It's like, there's the like puppy love, awkward sex, and then there's the I like I have to fuck the shit out of you right now sex, and then they have like I love you sex, mm-hmm. it's love sex, and it's go- it's just beautiful. And these two actors in one episode they go from right. awkward puppy love sex to like the kind of sex you want to have every day for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And these two actors are incredibly beautiful people, but their connection is very clear. And uh, it's it's very well done. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the episode, Claire wakes up the next morning and Jamie leaves to go downstairs to get breakfast. And he's like, I'm going to bite you, bah, 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 whatever. And then she stands up to put her dress on. And we remember, and I don't think we mentioned this earlier, she had put in Frank's wedding band into her dress, into her wedding dress. And so she shakes it out, and all of a sudden, this other wedding band flies out onto the floor. And at this point, we should hand it over to Aaron to explain, Janine, to explain this particular shot. Well, so, uh, and, and to point out, though, that in the wedding, we had just for culture, whatever cultural differences there are, when she got married, she had her ring placed on her ring finger on her right. Yeah. So uh, keep that in your mind. But so this this ring rolls out across wooden planks and then stops on this Get stuck. This stuff. And then you see you see this fucking shot where they have the focus on the ring and the reflection of the ring. And then uh I uh <laughs> reaching in reaching to the ring and up the ring. This is a shot that should have been, uh, it, it was in the Lord of the Rings, but it should have been a fucking, it should have been as good as this fucking shot was, where nice. it lasted so long, and it was very, so, it was so particular to the ring and the person picking it up. Mm-hmm. And she grabs it, and then... And then puts it on her wedding uh, band, puts it on her left ring finger. <sighs> Because now she's got Frank on her left hand and Jamie and on her right hand. And that great last shot is her staring at both of her hands. And just looking at her which hands Which is a great like, setup for the rest of the season. What have I done? So. God damn it. Before, Ugh. we're going to do a Je suis spoiler section. But before we get into that, anything, because our structure was a little disjointed. Anything that we missed that you want to talk this, about? This is a hard episode. I, I would like to mention that the scene between Murtaugh and Jamie in the stables when Murtaugh brings the Fraser Tartan to him is an amazing scene. That's all I have to say about it. I don't have any other comment. I just have to say that Duncan LaCroix, like, I know you're going to die soon, buddy. She, I want to r- remind people listening. <laughs> I have never said such a thing. Julie has not read any of the books, and I have. No. So, 
you of the podcast have heard Julie's prediction and absolutely nothing about Murta's fate. It's true. You don't, you don't, I just have a feeling that this is coming. I have a feeling that it's coming. Well, there's a lot of coming in this episode, so that makes sense. There is, there is, there is so much coming. So things I want to add. And some of it I don't One of my, one of my favorite moments is when, one of the hottest moments in the episode is when they're like chit-chatting about one thing or another after he brings up food Mm -hmm. and she walks over to give him some cheese and he throws it in the fire fire. and then bites her hand instead. And I'm sorry. Any man. Well, first, first he shares his cheese with her. Like a man who's like, that's hot. He says something like some incredibly romantic. Oh, uh, I said, I'm under your power. I'm completely under your power and happy to be there. And then he just hands her some cheese. And like saying something like that can only be improved by then handing someone cheese. Working on my night cheese. Oh, have like, you never seen oh, 30 Rock? Man, that's a 30 Rock joke, night man. That Working is deep. Working on my night, night cheese. Ginny, oh. Google, just for right now, just for yourself, just Google night cheese. Anyway, uh. um, so that. And then she brings him cheese at the fire, and he just throws it in the fire and starts fucking nibbling on her wrist instead. And that shit is so hot. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to mention that. I wanted to mention that the Windows priest, the, the priest who was able hold to on, be bribed to be- this, this is 17 seconds. That's not actually night cheese. No. Oh, wait. Jack? God damn it, it's the moment after. Yes. Fucking, fucking You know what? Everybody watching this will have seen the night cheese gif at sometimes. We don't need to replay. Listening. So the the priest. I'm sorry. So the priest uh, was... Like straight out of some like really dark comic book series where he just wants to fight everybody with his tiny knife. <laughs> and then he gets some windows and it's all great. And in that scene, Willie's like, if you'd been taught by Father Bane, you'd know your verses too. Right? And if I'd been taught by Father Bane, I would know all kinds of things. I'm not sure my verses would be one of them. I think I probably would have just like run for the fucking hills because that dude is terrifying. Yep. Um <laughs> Uh, there was another Aaron. Can you real quick? This was m- one of the other things I want to talk about. Talk about that great shot where it's like Claire looking through her hungover eyes up at Myrta. Oh yeah. So like they have this moment where uh, she's like waking up. She's she says in their like bed like she and uh, Jamie are like oh well I've been drinking. She basically says that's how what she said. And they flash forward flash back to her waking up and they have this this, like, extremely wide angle where there must have been either they uh, they had uh, the camera set so close to the wall or there was a dude sitting in the bed with her opening up the lens because she just, like, this. there's just nowhere to hide and she gets up and you can, it feels like you're just like, oh my god, there's, there's just mm-hmm. too much to be seen. I don't know what to do about this. And then they say, you <laughs> Are the two best shots in this episode the shot on the ring reflection and that drunk shot, or am I missing one? No, I think the one where she comes down for the wedding through the door. Through the door, mm-hmm. and that's and that's not so that's that's a uh, hard shot because in that particular that particular one where she's walking down, uh, outside inside, the light that they set up puts. <laughs> One highlights her dress and highlights how like stark it is when she walks in the dark church. 
but also highlights how yeah, <laughs> I mean, her boobs and the her entire boobs. time in that dress, but, her boobs. But, but We've words. just been spending a lot of time talking about how hot Sam Hewen is, but let's just like take a minute for Kitchen Mom. She's hot as hell. Oh, like, it's, she, oh, she's very attractive, and she, the two hot people like putting their hot parts together <laughs> is extra hot. <laughs> yeah, see. This well, is the only episode that Janine has watched with us, and it's a 10 out of 10 Well, rewatch. no, because he also watched the finale, which is not the same. Season two finale. Yeah. Not the same. No. Not even not close the to the same. Je suis no, no, no. Well, sort of. Well, I mean, they know I there's guess. a second season. Yeah, but where are the best Anyway, <laughs> um, so we're going to do another spoiler section. Je suis spoiler. So after we get done with our like businesses of things, we'll do that. Um, but before we go to that chunk, I just want to say that this is Podlander Drunkcast, an Outlander podcast. You can follow us at twitter.com slash podlandercast, which means at podlandercast. Also, facebook.com slash podlandercast. Uh, you can also back us on pay, pay, Patreon. Patreon. Is that how we decided we're saying it? It's Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Because it's like right? a patron with an E in it. Because the E Patreon. for internet. Mm-hmm. Right? <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> but thanks to all the people who do yeah. already. So we, we ba- are b- backers. Are, as always, thank you very much, Amanda Newton, Beth Lott, Kathleen Moniz, Liz Young, Jen Moniz, Al Iverson, Rose Cardiel, Samantha, Kelly Bowden, Jen Lander, Drunk Lennon. Who is our newest, Julie? Friday Payton. Friday I Payton. I know who you are. Eight o'clock Shaw. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but she was very excited that we called the hogs. Is that correct? Well, she had been listening to us before that, but I think that maybe tipped her over the edge. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so you can follow us all those places um, and we're really proud of the show and thank you so much for listening and we'll be back next week with an episode that's not nearly this long because let's be honest is there an episode more worth spending 90 minutes talking about in Outlander than this one nope no not even close and there are great episodes but this is the one this is the one there's so much doing it can we just like briefly remember one of the times that he bit her on the boob we haven't done the scales oh the scales I'm sorry everyone the scales okay Uh, let's do costumes Costumes. I'm trying to think Uh, I'm trying to think of I'm trying to think of great wedding dresses so on a scale of Oh, yeah. Elizabeth, like Kate Blanchett Elizabeth? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. Elizabeth to... I am, right? Yeah. Yeah, Elizabeth would also, be the Also, that's the wrong place. Um, what's the low, then? Four weddings and a funeral? Okay, Fair. fine. <laughs> this is way closer to Elizabeth. Yeah. This is like... Elizabeth. Uh, Elizabeth I was going to say, I was going to do real people. I was going to do, like, I don't know, your cousin Sarah to mm. Princess Diana. Mmm. All right. Well, Princess Diana is definitely closer. Uh, Elizabeth uh, is incredible. Julie doesn't have a cousin, Sarah. That I, was do actually, I do, oh I actually. I do. Oh, my God. Well, Sarah. I hope Sarah's wedding was beautiful. Uh, not married. She's too young to be married. Okay. Um, woof. Marriage get up. Like, it really is about being married. It's about what you look like. Fucking, uh, the fucking, uh, the one with.
Tommy Spencer, Tracy, and Elizabeth Taylor. Come on. Which one? My daughter's wedding, my fucking whatever that is. The one that got remade with Stephen, Steve Martin. And my best friend's wedding? No, 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 no. no. Father of the Bride. Father of the Bride. You will. There you go. That's good. Great. Father of the Bride. Okay. Uh, what would I say? I would say on a scale of your random cousin Sarah to Princess Diana. Uh, I would actually say I'm going to go with non-wedding, but I'm going to go with the racing scene in My Fair Lady. Mm-hmm. The white with the black, 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 black. Mm-hmm. Come on, Dove, I move your bleeding off. Yes. That, I'm going with that. All That's right. where I'm going. Janine, what about you? You, you're, you're the guest this week. He's you have to like, be on the scales. He's got nothing. Uh, I will give it, uh, since I gave the top tier of what's available in the scale, I... Do it, just pick Elizabeth. No! Because <laughs> <laughs> it's not Elizabeth. It is not Elizabeth. It is... Oh, shit. What's uh, that Kira Knightley film? Which one? Pride and Prejudice? No, no, no. Not Pride Atonement. Prejudice. Uh, the one where she's playing the French uh, Are you talking about Marie Antoinette? Because she's not in that. No. That's Kirsten Dunst. Well, That's Kirsten Dunst. Well, then, uh, uh, pardon me, Kirsten Dunst. Marie Antoinette. Cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right. So then we'll do the, we're going to save the doing it scale for last. Yes. Um, the getting what? up to get a beer scale. Can't um, do it. No. We didn't get up once. No. We, let's say this, we, we won't pick things. We, we, no, we didn't pause to pee. We paused to rewind and rewatch. We paused to pee oh, after. Yeah. We That's only true. paused to go back and make sure we didn't miss things. So mm-hmm. what, what would that be? What do you pause only to make sure you didn't miss something? Oh God, I don't know. No, I, there's a director in my head. Oh, well, this is like puzzle movies. Puzzle movies. Uh, like, uh. Inception or uh, oh, I would totally pee during Inception. <laughs> I mean, I did too, but I would pee during. Inception. You know what? I would not pee during what. And weirdly, this is like an anniversary weekend for it, but I would not pee during Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Ooh, that's a good one. So top scale, Hamilton. Great. Oh, I don't know shit about that. Yeah, that's a no, no, that's my pick. No, that's her pick. Oh, I wouldn't. What's the lower end? We don't oh, have it's a, not scale a scale yet. We haven't picked a scale. Oh. I didn't pick a scale for this because we didn't get up. How, yeah, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. So we're yeah, all right. at a 10. So what's the what's equivalent? The thing, what's the thing that you would not get up from? Oh, God. Well, this is not a movie. Hedwig, Hamilton, and. Oh! oh well, Lord. I, I read that book, uh, this huge, giant fucking book, in like three settings. So like that, nice. that book, I that's apparently my pick. Like I will not pee during that book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fucking read it. Well, that's what that's what makes you disadvantaged because when you're a woman, you can just keep reading while you're peeing. Yeah, you can just take that book to the back, as I do with great frequency. God damn it, being a man sucks. Yeah, that's not, not well, true. <laughs> not all the time, honey. All right, last scale on the doing it scale. On the doing it. Oh, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to say we're all going to assume this is at a 10. So I'm not going to pick a lower end. I'm just going to ask you guys to pick what your 10 is. What's your 10? What's the equivalent? Here's my scale. How about eyes wide shut to fucking showgirls? Yeah, but 
Showgirls like yeah, showgirls but, but then is we're like all gonna choose sex. eyes wide shut. Show That's the problem, like right? Like we sex. should all choose our own ten because we're we'll all pick eyes wide shut because it's not showgirls. I I I'll pick the same ten I picked previously, which is weird and like nobody knows what I'm talking about. But like the HUD scene with Patricia Neal and fucking Paul Newman. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how else to explain this to anybody except that that scene without actually people touching each other and being nude is the most sexual scene I've ever seen. When we were watching this episode at one point, we were watching with closed captions because right. Aaron does better with closed captions. Julie went, he said, he said, hood. He, Who said, he, said he, hood. he said the word hood, but then the closed caption had hud and I'm like, hud man. All right. What about you, Janine? Oh, sorry. No, that's fine. Eyes Wide Shut is no, fine. that's actually the wrong answer. I was just, that's, it's a Tom Cruise movie, but the actual Tom Cruise movie I wanted to say was uh, Vanilla Sky. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Because those moments with Vanilla Cruise and are, they're potentially not great artistic scenes, but they are very hot. Mm-hmm. Great moments where, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm going to say, what the fuck am I going to say? I'm going to say, you know, I am going to pick another musical. It's not a movie. I'm going to go with Stephen Sondheim's Passion, where all the sex scenes are, like, fraught. And that's the thing about this episode is that Claire, like, it's in spite of herself, right? Um, so they're fraught. So I'm going to go with Passion by Stephen Sondheim, which, if any of you listening are not Sondheim fans, don't start with Passion. Uh, start with Into the Woods, maybe Sunday in the Park with George. Sweeney Todd is wonderful, but you have to love dark shit to listen to Sweeney Todd. Um, you could, if you like American history, start with Assassins, but like, don't start with Passion. You got to build up to Passion. Anyway, uh, as a substitute, I would say every scene that Kate McKinnon is in in the remake of Ghostbusters. <laughs> All right, uh, and with that, we're going to leave a little pause for the spoiler section. Follow us at Podlandercast, facebook.com slash Podlandercast, back as in Patreon if you want a t-shirt or bonus episodes. And we're doing, we're about to do a bonus episode about the best sex scenes in the show so far. So like, you could beg us and then you get those things. Um, but mostly just thank you for listening. Yes, If you like you. the show, give us a review or just keep listening and that's wonderful and we love it so much. Psst, psst. Please review us. It's so hot. <laughs> it it's really, so it just hot. makes us want to put on our pearls and bite when each other's you boobs. you us. <laughs> We just want to do it with right. you when you review us. Now we're going to play whatever Janine plays when we're waiting for Yakety Sax, which I'm guessing is either... Not, yeah, I just said Yakety while waiting for Yakety Sax. While we're waiting for Je suis spoiler, which I'm guessing is either Yakety Sax or just Jamie saying Je suis play on a loop. I'm not sure which no, it is. No, man. Girl from Ipanema. <laughs> is it Girl from Ipanema? I'm just saying. That's, that's the new one. Who knows? <laughs> and here it comes. Bye. Moça do corpo dourado do sol de Ipanema O seu balançado é mais que um poema É a coisa mais linda que eu já vi passar Ah, por que estou tão sozinho? Ah, por que tudo é tão triste? A beleza que existe A beleza que não é só minha Que também passa sozinha Ah, 
Se ela soubesse que quando ela passa O mundo sorrindo se enche de graça E fica mais lindo por causa do amor Welcome to Je suis spoiler. That was the most Scottish French I've ever heard. What if? That's great. So what we're going to talk about in our brief spoiler section here is a, a scene that we love in this episode that gets more resonance when you get further in season one, which is Murta and Jamie talking about Claire's sweet smile, mm-hmm. which uh, we know we learn later in the season that Murta loved, loved Jamie's mom. So he was basically the Severus Snape. Totally, only mm-hmm. not quite such a dick. Not quite such a dick, but definitely the man on the outside of a happy relationship looking in, wishing that that could be his girl. And then, like Snape, decides the best thing he can do for his now dead love is to protect and care for her son. Mm-hmm. But unlike Snape, and I just want to go on the record, I'm a giant, giant Harry Potter fan, and I romanticize Snape <laughs> like most giant Harry Potter fans do. Um, but it just cannot be denied that he's like just an absolute asshole to this child and a really terrible teacher. And Myrta is not that. No. Like, loves him as though he is his own without projecting in any sort of weird way. There's obviously a friendship, and one of the things I love about this episode is how happy he looks for Jamie the whole time. Mm-hmm. And then he calls Claire a mental candle, and that's really awesome. Um, <laughs> but it all sort of sets up the thing that we get later in the season about the bracelets. Do you remember the bracelets, mm-hmm. Julie? Yeah, the horn like uh, cuffs that he made from yeah. the, from a boar, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and they're, wh- I, I have to did- admit they're they're not they're weird. Oh, I would wear the shit out of those. No, they What um <laughs> what about that scene with Murta and Jamie struck you so much, Julie? What struck me was that Jamie was kind of trying to feel him out. Feel him out about his parents. And Murta is very close to the vest and like just trying to be supportive but not, you know, effusive, just keeping it all real. He obviously went to the trouble to go get the Fraser Tartan from this woman in the village that was married to a dead Fraser. (laughs) But when Jamie actually asks him about what his mother would think, there's a moment where Duncan LaCroix can't control his face. And it's very quick and it's very fleeting but he you can see in that moment that he was completely in love with Jamie's mother and it's beautiful and this you then all of a sudden you understand how this actor or how this character Murtaugh has been there this whole time just kind of in the background because he's he just wants to protect Jamie because it Jamie reminds him of his mother. Yeah, I think it's um, among the best, like, small, intimate character scenes. Like, I would put Mm -hmm. it up there in season two with the scene that Jenny and Claire have where they're watching Jamie hold the baby, Mm -hmm. right? Where it's, you learn so much about these people, even though they say almost nothing. Um, I just think it's really, really beautiful. Mm -hmm. Janine, anything? <laughs> yeah. No. So that's it. that's it. Oh no. Also, it's hilarious that Dougal says that it's cold as a witch's tit because he would know. Yeah, he touches a witch's tit all the time. Yeah, all the time. Two of them, in fact. 
Galas. I mean, I sure hope so, because if really they're doing it and there's no tit action, she's missing out on some stuff. She is missing out. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening. We will be back next week with uh, the episode that Frank has anger issues in. Yeah. And we love you and you're wonderful. And we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.